0: On today's episode of the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, we're joined by Mike Freeman, Executive Director of CRTA, the Capital Region Development Authority. We talk about the future of the XL Center, get an update on Dillon Stadium and Hartford Athletic, and discuss where the Hartford market is going. Before I get into my conversation with Mike, I wanted to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and to rate and review. Help us climb those charts. If you're not following us already, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter. At CT Scoreboard Pod. If you've been following us on Twitter or listened to last week's episode, you've heard about our Connecticut College Basketball Pick 'em contest. Congrats to this week's winner, Ward Bomar. This week's entry form is live, and we're excited to have more than pride on the line for our winner. This week's winner will be getting a gift card thanks to our friends at Sliders Grill and Bar. So go pick this week's winner, and you'll be having some wings courtesy of Sliders. And now for my conversation with Mike Freemith. Today we're joined uh, by Mike Bremuth, Executive Director of CRDA, the Capital Region Development Authority. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Hello. To get started, um, for those who might not be familiar with you, why don't you give some background on yourself and how you got to your role here with CRDA?
1: Uh, Been involved with urban development, broadly defined, for about 30 years. I probably could say more than that, but I'll stay with 30 right now. (laughs) Uh, initially in, uh, in New York City um, with some time with the federal operations in Washington and over the last uh, 25 or so years uh, in Connecticut, either in uh, Bridgeport, Stanford, or uh, Hartford.
0: And, and how about some background on the CRDA itself and, and the mission here and what you guys are trying to accomplish?
1: The CRDA is a successor agency to an earlier one known as CETA. CETA's job was to build out Adrian's Landing, which is the Convention Center Science Center Front Street. Uh, it was a legacy of uh, the old uh, f- uh, Patriots deal uh, when the state ch- uh, chased out the New England Patriots. Uh, that eventually f- obviously fell in on itself. Uh, the result of that was the development of a convention center, um, and CETA was the agency that, that was entrusted with that. CERTA is a successor to them. Uh, our role has been broader. Uh, the board is a, a different board. Uh, the mission is um, uh, concentrated in downtown Hartford, uh, but it involves uh, retail, commercial, uh, residential construction and development, as well as the maintenance of the convention center and the civic center and other entertainment facilities. Uh, increasingly, we're involved uh, throughout the city in neighborhood projects, and um, actually over the last year or so, we've been developing regional in some of the towns that abut Hartford.
0: So let's get started with probably one of the more publicized items you guys work on, and, and that's the Excel Center. Mm-hmm. Where do things currently stand with the Excel Center?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a variety of moving pieces. Um, we, uh, CRDA, came out roughly two years ago with a proposal to reboot the building. Uh, it was an idea that was built off of uh, the experiences in New York with Madison Square Garden where we could renovate the structure over a period of years, upgrade its facilities, its utilities, its infrastructure, while also offering a variety of amenities. Uh, it would read and look and touch and operate as a new building uh, about half the price. Um, but even that number was too big for many people to uh, digest. Um, we were asked to look into private financing. We've explored that. We're in the process of coming to a recommendation on that issue uh, that is still current on my desk. Um, there is a proposal to invest private monies in there. Whether or not it's the best economics is, uh, is still somewhat of a challenge to, uh, to sort through. Um, the board has uh, directed us to see if we could come up with a more uh, modest program which would try to bring the variety of amenities we think are critical to raising revenue. Uh, the type of seats people want today, the type of clubs they want, the type of fan experiences, uh, food, everything from, you know, these things are just gigantic restaurants with something going on in the middle, um, to kind of reboot the building but at a much lower price than 250 And we're modeling that now, essentially uh, operationalizing the lower bowl as a higher-end premium seating and the upper bowl uh, as a sort of a general admissions. Uh, And in so doing, uh, eliminate significant parts of the construction costs while still capitalizing on the revenue opportunities. Uh, So that's what we're involved with now, uh, trying to put that together. Uh, Coincidental with that is the acquisition of the adjoining parcel, uh, which is a retail mall uh, concept that never really got off the ground. And the, the idea there is to weave it into the arena itself. Uh, there's practical reasons for that. Uh, today's security mechanisms as well as the movement of people uh, and, and the logical build-out of the concourse uh, all suggest that's what we have to do. Um, and the fact that the history of the facility has been such that people believe we own it even when we don't. And the image of the stadium is, uh, is such that it's compromised by the current uh, empty uh, retail building wrapping around the front end of it. So. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces. We are looking at privatizing it to some extent. We are looking at a smaller scale renovation, and we are looking for some acquisition. All of that, of course, is caught in the crucible of what a new governor might want.
0: Right. For, for some who might kind of scoff at the costs associated with this mm-hmm. and say, just let the building sit as yeah. it is. Yeah. How, what would the lifespan of that
1: building be? It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. The lifespan is over. It's, that building is 40-plus uh, years old. Um, the average age of its competitors is less than 20. So it's actually lapped itself. Um, to look around the country, uh, the um, I still call it the, the garden, but the, the uh, fleet center up in, um, it's not even called Fleet anymore, it's TD Bank uh, in Boston, um, is less than 20 years old and it's being rebooted. Uh, the Comcast Center in Philadelphia is being rebooted. Uh, These are buildings that are having more money put into them that are half the age of the Excel center um, than we're proposing to put into the Excel center. So the sense of scale and relative investments were really quite modest. Um, But the building, we we joke about this, but it literally had rotary phones six, seven years ago, Uh, let alone have your internet work in it. Uh, We spent three and a half million dollars replacing the ice floor. Uh, that was because 60 of our 125, 130 events a year are ICE-related. Um, so these are the, the fundamental systematic issues that are going on today, let alone the fact that we have sky suites that are up in the nosebleeds that corporations don't want uh, and the type of four, six, eight loge type seat arrangements that give you amenity packages we do not have either. So we're not selling to the corporate business we're losing money by not doing that. And what we have is no longer of marketable nature. So you want to walk away from it. Um, the issue then becomes, what do you do with the hulk that's in the middle of the downtown? Um, the d- demolition expenses are north of 30000000 million, I'm told. Um, and that requires you to reinforce the buildings that are physically attached to it, as well as fill in a giant hole, um, and deal with environmentals, like asbestos, and what have you. Um, The other question that comes to the table is uh, its impact on hotels, restaurants, garages um, is significant. Um, On a hot uh, event uh, where the building is fully leased and fully operational and uh, there's a full house in place, there's over 800 people working. Uh, It's a lot of folks who all of a sudden don't work next morning. So there's, there's more impact to this building than most people give credit to. And that would kind of mm-hmm. be my next question. Mm-hmm. What
0: is the importance of having an arena yeah. in
1: Hartford? Well, it does a couple of things. Uh, obviously, it, it provides a major a, an entertainment outlet. And entertainment outlets is what helps attract uh, folks to living downtown, and it all reinforces each other. Um, that uh, building, as I just indicated, does throw off a variety of uh, business to local garages, local hotels, and local restaurants all those businesses need that revenue stream to sustain the Monday to Friday 9 to 5. So if you want to attract corporate relocations or corporate growth or just maintain the corporate presence you have, you still need the restaurants and and other types of facilities to help those businesses survive. Part of the method of uh, giving them a full economic opportunity is to have evening and, and weekend trade. Uh, so it's all part of a larger, you know, ecosystem, yeah. and and that's what the Yulexel does. That you know, it's more than an event. It's more than a you know, a nice uh, show or a monster truck show or a WWE on a Monday night. It has really thrown off uh, last year nearly six hundred thousand people visiting the city for that alone. So.
0: How have other entertainment options in the area impacted the building in kind of the de- determination into what you want to do with the building, whether it's the competition over at the casinos mm-hmm. uh, down in the southeast part of the state, MGM now in Springfield? How does that kind of impact the way you, you proceed with
1: Well, we haven't seen an impact yet from MGM. I think that's kind of an evolving uh, uh, situation. Um, but it's, it's, it's quite clear that the casinos have uh, basically hurt us significantly in the, in the concert trade. Uh, They're able to underwrite shows because they want you in the house to pull the one-arm jacks. Um, And for us, it's um, uh, difficult. We're using public funding, and we're we're, uh, exposed to a different type of uh, diligence, and we can't offer up unlimited checks uh, because we're making money on the casino desk. Um, So our competition is uh, advantaged. Add to that that they're offering free parking and they've got restaurants all under one roof, all of which they get a piece of, and you get an idea how we compete. You know, If Max's does well, that's great for Max, but I don't get anything off of it. If Max's were inside the casino, they'd be sharing some of that. So uh, it's an entire different dynamic. Um, Bridgeport is, is also out there. It's, it's not as a direct uh, competitor, but it's, it does from time to time compete with us. And we'll see what happens with Springfield.
0: In terms of UConn serving as the prime tenant there, um, they play both men's and women's basketball, hockey there. They're now going to be building a hockey arena up in stores. Do you see that impacting the way UConn would serve as a prime tenant of the building?
1: No, no. Our understanding with UConn is we'll have roughly 30 events across the three sports. So it's going to mix and match. There'll be some years when we might get more basketball games than not. Hockey will be up and down. Uh, The XL Center will still be the home ice for the UConn. Uh, hockey team the reality of life though is f- the facility they have on campus is extremely dated mm-hmm. they need to upgrade that they they have to put something in place uh, it, it, for training purposes uh, and to attract the good players if you want a good team the good players are going to go to the best facilities and the UConn campus doesn't offer that uh, today um, so uh, they offer uh, obviously they're in a great league and we're getting some great attendance uh, for hockey, uh, college-level hockey at uh, XL. Um, but they do need the on-campus facility. Reality is, as you get to the playoff uh, time of year, uh, you want them to have home ice. And that's not always something you can program. We can't hold dates. We don't know if they're going to be in the playoffs. We don't know who they're going to play. We don't know how many dates they may have. So it's hard for us to reserve out uh you know, basically a bunch of dates uh, with no certainty to them at the XL. So as the season gets long, as you get to the playoff point, um, it's hard to guarantee the XL Center, and it's hard to deny UConn a home game if they should qualify. <laughs> so the building's going to have that secondary role, uh, and as well as there'll be some games on campus that won't be big games. There'll be the twelve, fifteen hundred, two thousand seat games mm-hmm. that'll be ideal for campus activity.
0: What's needed to make the XL Center an NHL-ready facility?
1: Oh, well, basically the revenue streams aren't there. Okay. Um, it is um, uh, able to be adjusted for today's uh, uh, NHL. We, we know that. Uh, our model, the $250 million model that we proposed two years ago, was designed to become an NHL standard, to remove that hurdle from an NHL club locating here in Hartford. Uh, we know today the NHL will not accept a building the way it is. Um, now, we've been doing some work on it. We've been, you know, repairing the ice is kind of critical to the hockey, <laughs> hockey world. But um, fundamentally, um, we know what the model is. And it's basically a revenue model. How much money can they make off the seats? Uh, without having enough points of sale and not having the right type of facilities to support the, the amenity packages, we're, uh, we're not in the running, frankly. So the proposal at this hour is to build a business model uh, through the building that an NHL team can make money on other than selling tickets. It's just not in the ticket business. Beyond that, looking at the marketplace, uh, the Hartford market's a very competitive marketplace for the NHL. It, out, it outpaces uh, just on demographics, income, number of people, proximity to the building, uh, TV market, media market. It outpaces a good dozen or so teams in the NHL uh, right now yeah. today. Our our, div, our difficulty is we have Boston and New York, which are very close, and which generally have the allegiances. Um, when you're out in Nashville, I mean, not much around you, so uh, you're gonna you're gonna get the attention that um, uh, we, it's more difficult to raise here in Hartford. But um, the building can be adjusted. It was once a home to NHL team. It can be renovated to get there. It's going to cost some money to do it. Today, it's not ready.
0: All right, so we can move on from the Excel Center and, and go into some of the other uh sports areas here in the area. How would you say the success of Dunkin Donuts Park and the Yard Coats has impacted uh this community?
1: Oh, it's been it's been a very pleasant surprise. Um I mean there's there's a little bit of a novelty factor. Mm-hmm. Uh you know these things have a, a tendency to peak uh you know and then then and basically meet, meet their level and stay there. But they're they're well outperforming earliest projections, and they're outperforming the, the league in general. Uh, they do a spectacular job, uh, just entertaining people, uh, just everything from food to events to, you know, uh, things that occur during the during the the game. Um, it's got a little bit of a trendy thing to it. It's kind of the place to be and meet your neighbor kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, uh, and I, I, don't see it, uh, tempering back much over the next couple of years. It does speak to a couple of critical items that people often challenge. Yes. You can come in and have good fun, family entertainment in the inner city. Uh, yes, it can work in Hartford. Uh, yes, uh, we can meet your parking needs and, and your, uh, uh, get your traffic concerns. Um, so these things are all, you know, uh, sort of uh, paper tigers when you get to them. Uh, it's just a matter of people orienting themselves and dealing with it. So I think in that way it sends a signal that things can be done, done well.
0: Do you see any future development down in that area based on the success of the ballpark?
1: I think that area will be redeveloped. Um, the ballpark helps it. Uh, the ballpark won't drive it.
0: We just had the ground breaking yesterday for Hartford Athletic. Are you able to give us an update on where things stand there? I know in September they had found some issues, given the condition of the field, just mm-hmm. in, that it hadn't been touched in a while. Mm-hmm. Where does that stand now?
1: Uh, I think we're, well, I'll knock on some wood. I, I think we're good with the budget. We had to go out and find more funds. Uh, we did receive uh, support from the team to put more money into the building. Uh, we received we some support to basically buy the field, the artificial surface field with the with the idea being that it's a civic community field, mm-hmm. uh, and we found some other uh, support for the team through a loan structure, so that closed the budget hole. Um, frankly, we had thought it was going to be a ten to twelve million dollar enterprise uh, when we first looked at it. Uh, we tried to hold it to ten. Uh, we tried to take take things out of it, shave it back. You know, resist the temptation uh, to to build a Cadillac when a Chevy would be fine um but we ran into um issues that uh we hadn't really foreseen uh one of them being the entire stadium was one foot off on one end from the other when I was first told that I thought it was just a field and I said well what's the big deal we're gonna put a new field in level it and then they came back to me and said no it's it's everything it's the buildings it's the seats it's the (laughs) it's the it's it's everything it's everything right down to the asphalt around the edges um so that was a bit of a surprise. Um, the other surprise was the uh, pilings were not sufficient for modern uh, uh, stadium platforms, uh, primarily the bleacher systems. A lot of that has to do with the way bleachers are built today to deal with ADA, to deal with codes, to deal with safety issues that weren't done back when those stadium seats were p- first put in. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from your, uh, your, your, your view range. Uh, you don't want a guy's head in front of you. Um, so everything changed. So when we had to put the new bleacher system in, we come to realization that the existing piling system wasn't going to work. Those were two surprises. Now you have enough time, enough experts running around, uh, with endless amount of money and you can maybe eventually find those things and build a better budget. Um, I'll take, I'll take whatever criticism there is on that. Um, I don't know if anybody really knew the field was a foot off. Um, but uh, we're through it. We've got the budget. We're we're plugging along. Our target is May. Um, we had hoped April. Um, we're still a little bit at risk with the weather, you know, staying with us. Um, but May looks reasonable. We'll use Brentzler Field as a backstop. And, um, you know, the, the team is uh, gearing up to play its first games. Exciting. Yes. So
0: Exciting development all around the area. I'll get you out of here on this. If someone was to ask you where you see – this market in the Hartford area in mm. the next 10, 20 years. What does it look like to you?
1: It's interesting. Uh, the, the city itself uh, is on the cusp of a lot of changes. It's, it's been slow, methodical, last three or four years, slowly pulling itself back up. The state came through, you know, helping significantly in the past legislative session. Somewhat controversial, but it's the capital city. Uh, it speaks to the entire state. It, it's not isolated it's it's really the front door to a lot of a lot of things um, and so um restructuring the city is is underway A new investment is occurring uh, a new profile a type of development that is occurring in the city where it's small building blocks of new innovation technology uh, new businesses um, spin offs of the insurance groups the change in the health industry has sort of finally sorted itself through after you know, the last five, six years of Obamacare adjustments. And I think the industry itself is now growing, the insurance industry, the medical industry, which are both big here. Uh, the technology innovation industries are coming into the city. We're finding consolidation of businesses uh, downtown as opposed to out in the suburbs. Uh, these are national trends. They're not unique to Hartford. They're late to Hartford. Uh, and it, it's building itself in a different way. There's a different generation. looks at cities differently than suburbs. Um. So, uh, how much of that wave uh, Hartford missed uh, is a, is a debate. Uh, but it's finally caught it. Um, hopefully, we can ride it. Uh, you know, see where the economy goes. But there is a train, a, a, a train going in a different direction for the city, and that and that change is um, is evident. Uh, just walking around downtown, mm-hmm. sports facilities, entertainment facilities are all critical to that. Um, you know, people still want to get out of the house. I mean, I understand social media. I understand you can get more on your phone today than astronauts could get going to the moon. But um, and you don't sit home as much watching the, uh, network TV. But uh, getting out to your alma mater, whether it be UConn, or, or getting out to see uh, you know a sports event with a different group, whether it's your church group, a Boy Scout group, your your kids soccer team, uh, is still something that happens. Um, and as we build those facilities, renovate those facilities kind of repositioning the city core so that it's, you know, it's got a museum, it's got theaters, it's got uh, science centers, it's got convention centers, uh, sports facilities. Um, it's going to be relatively easy just walking out the door to find something to do, and uh, that's what makes a community new. Good.
0: I guess we'll we'll do one more based mm. on that. Yeah. Um, could you see a professional sports team coming back to Hartford in the next 20 or so years?
1: Yes, I could. Um... It probably would be a hockey team. Um, Minor teams are professional teams. You know, I mean, uh, if you talk a major league, I think the NHL is probably the only major league there might be a shot at. Um, And that could occur. I I wouldn't see NBA. I wouldn't see anything beyond that. Uh, We're just too close to the major media markets. And frankly, the cost of uh, major league teams is so off the charts. Um, what it demands in ticket pricing and and other types of money out of your pocket when you walk through those gates today is just just so out of whack for most people. Um, You know, uh, I think the minor league and the collegiate uh, level sports is what people are going to find as family entertainment. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, you get together with a few buddies and you go to New York once in a while and you you splurge, but taking your family down to a Yankee game or up to Fenway for a Red Sox game, pretty much can set back most people for a good amount of time. Uh, so I don't see Major League Sports really coming into the market other than perhaps the NHL. Alright,
0: perfect. Mike, thank right. you so much for joining sure. us. Sure,